This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. While medication is a mainstay of treatment for Parkinson's disease, many other interventions and techniques can also be helpful, such as exercise, dance, and music therapy. Another avenue is mindfulness, in which a person becomes consciously aware of something, whether external or within their own body. This mental state of awareness focuses on what is happening and perceived in the present moment. Calmly acknowledging and accepting these feelings, thoughts, emotions, and bodily sensations is at the heart of this therapeutic technique. Research has shown benefits on stress, pain, anxiety, and even immune response. Occupational therapist Dr. Jordan Steinberg works with people with Parkinson's and says she has seen profound results using yoga and mindfulness for self-regulation of nervous system function. When I spoke with her, she said Dr. John Cabot-Zinn, the person who is credited with applying mindfulness within a scientific framework, gave one of the best definitions. Which is the awareness that emerges when we pay attention on purpose in a particular way, non-judgmentally from moment to moment as the moments unfold in front of us. What are some of the components of mindfulness? The components boil down to that paying attention and then you really want to do that intentionally. So really being open and curious I like to take an experimental approach so that we're really open and curious about the body, noticing what's happening at any given moment, and then maybe performing some sort of action and seeing what the results are within the body. This sounds like sort of an if-then scenario. If I do this, then that might happen. Can this work positively and or negatively? Yes. So we can use that kind of if-then phenomena as we learn about our own bodies and notice if I do something that creates a positive effect, then I want to remember the things I did that led up to that point so that I can repeat it again in the future if needed. For example, I like to teach my clients about the breath and the breath's interaction with the nervous system. And the breath is deeply tied to the nervous system. And I draw it out for all my clients using the three diaphragms model that's illustrated by Dr. Matthew J. Taylor. And you can find this model on YouTube if you just pull up YouTube and search for three diaphragms model. And what this model tells us is that the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work in a rhythm, and this rhythm alerts the parasympathetic nervous system or provides parasympathetic optimization. And what that means is that brings the body into a more calm and relaxed state. So parasympathetic is sometimes referred to as the rest and digest state of the nervous system, where everything's kind of calm and relaxed and you can move forward with clarity. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. 
We take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. In the world. And then there's another breathing pattern that comes in times when we need extra breath. And that comes from the thoracic outlet and can be seen as the muscles of the chest and the neck tightening and lifting the rib cage in order to get that extra breath needed. And so when the body is in this mode of breathing, then we are in the sympathetic or fight or flight pattern of the nervous system. And what that means is that the body is activated in a stressful way. And so, for example, a patient might have increased tremor during that time of sympathetic activation. So we can then teach our clients and our patients, if I notice I'm having a lot of tremor, I can feel what my breath is in my body and notice which state of the nervous system I'm in. So the mindfulness component comes in with the developing of this internal awareness, knowing what the sensations are of the body and being able to recognize patterns of the body that match different patterns of the nervous system or even different outputs like tremor or increased respiratory rate or shuffling of gait, things like that, freezing of gait. And then we can teach control of the nervous system or self-regulation of the nervous system by teaching techniques that change the breath pattern, for example, like expanding the lower belly breath and maybe even doing some exercises or stretches to stretch the muscles of the thoracic area of the rib cage, the intercostal muscles. And so then we can get a deeper, more full breath that links up with that parasympathetic rest and relax component of the nervous system. And then the client can do that breathing technique. And then again, we come back to that if-then paradigm. So if I'm tremoring excessively, then I implement this low belly breathing pattern. The result is decreased tremor or I'm more calm sitting with my friends or I'm able to perform a buttoning task or use my toothbrush or handle a utensil better. So we bring all of those skills then back into their daily life. 
It sounds like you sort of divide the body into components. There's breath, there's muscle relaxation. Am I on the right track there? I really like to view the body as a whole dynamic system. So there's different ways that you can approach the system to create change. So it's a dynamic. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. system and each aspect of the system, the mind, the body, the breath, they all influence each other. And so it's more that we want to choose for each individual client, which is going to have the greatest impact. If I address the breath, if I address the body, or if I address the mind, how can I influence the dynamics of the system? I know it must vary from person to person, but how long does it take to learn these techniques for them to become effective for someone? So that's a really good question, and it does. It varies from person to person. In my experience, the earlier you begin to develop this skilled awareness, being open and curious and non-judgmental about the body, then the more skilled you will become at implementing the tools in your daily life. So one factor is home practice. Clients come to see me and I might spend one to two hours a week with them in order to facilitate these skills. However, if they go and do their home practice or exercises I give them to do at home or experimental techniques to do when they're out with their friends, just paying attention, different ways to pay attention. If they practice those, then they have more rapid results. If you don't practice regularly, it becomes more difficult to implement in social situations, for example. So there's a difference between uh, regimented practice like an exercise and then practice in the real world, and both are very important. The other factor in the effectiveness of the mindfulness techniques is really, in my experience, based on how much anxiety the person has. If they are already very anxious and have a very busy mind, even if they don't feel that their mind is negative, with thoughts, but if the mind is just busy and has difficulty quieting, there's techniques that we can use before we get to this mindfulness aspect that will help them 
to harness their attention in a better way. Once someone is adept at this and they're in a situation, how long does it take them to sort of put it into motion and relieve or alleviate what would otherwise be a problem? Well, I've had clients really be able to implement it within one or two sessions. If you can really be aware and open and curious, then you can see the change. So we use a technique of baseline action and reflection. And I ask all my clients to examine their own body, their thoughts, feelings, sensations, emotions, breath, before we take any action. And then maybe complete an action step and then reflect how do I feel now? What has changed? And nothing is revealed except in contrast. So if clients are able to see contrast, then they can pick up very quickly on what they want to achieve. Is there a take-home message for someone about learning these techniques and what it can do for them? Yes, I would say that learning mindfulness techniques can help improve your awareness and really empower you to feel in control of the symptoms that so often feel out of control. So I would recommend even just looking up some meditations or mindfulness techniques on the internet. There's a lot of great apps for your phone. Insight Timer is one of my favorites where you can listen to a mindfulness meditation or a guided meditation to take you through a scan of the body so that you can begin to become more skilled in it. It also could be helpful to find a mindfulness or yoga teacher in your area and work with someone one-on-one. Great. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and until next time. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.